How come you're always helping everybody and getting paid back for well? That's the way I am, you know. I'm a little hard-headed. They say, Dusty Rhodes, how come you don't look like Ric Flair and have all them muscles and pretty body? Well, I like the nightlife just a little bit better than I like the damn gym, Jack. You understand? As long as I can get out and do it better than anybody, and as long as I make more money per night than any athlete in this country, and as long as I make a half a million dollars a year, I don't really give a damn what they think out there. Can you dig that? I hope you can. I hope you can. I hope you can. Lord, I hope you can. Obama approved world's greatest podcast, Hyphenation. I am your host, the one with the most, who never goes ghost. I like to eat toast. I often post. What up, Loke? I lost it. Kellen Conley, aka B Hyphen Man. What up, though? <laughs> uh, back, back in the hot seat, the right seat. I'm not going to keep rapping. How's everybody doing today, man? How is everybody doing? I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Um, hope everybody had a lovely Mother's Day. By the time you hear this, it'll be a week after Mother's Day. But I hope everybody had a lovely Mother's Day. And all the moms out there were appreciated. And again, if anybody follows my uh, daily HY videos on social media... If you've lost a mom like myself or two like myself or you almost were a mom like myself, not what I meant to say. (laughs) If you were almost a mom, you lost a child, something like that, man. Happy Mother's Day to you too. And my heart goes out to you. And no, I do not know what it was like to go through that. And so, damn, damn, we getting all serious up in here. Feels like John Morant just entered the chat. I <laughs> uh, cracked me up. I cracked me up, man. So, man, I- I'm I'm always happy to be here. Happy to be doing the Barack Obama approved world's greatest podcast, Hyphen Nation. Brought to you by Hyphen Podcast Group, bringing great podcasts to the people. I'm gonna do that one more time because I kind of made a weird noise. Bringing great podcasts to the people. That's right, hyphenpodcastgroup.com. And also by the markrob.wordpress.com. My man Marcus, my semi-regular co-host, writes pontiferous paragraphs of persuasion and poisonous penciling, particularly pictured, posed, all right, I give up, on just writing dope shit. And there's our first curse word. You can tell, you can tell. I'm a little out of practice, but it don't matter, man. We're here, and that, and that is all that matters. So let's lead off with John Morant. Kidding? I don't care. How dumb are you? <laughs> How dumb are you, John Morant? In other dumb news, uh, I'm not going to spoil it because the actual issue itself isn't even supposed to come out until the end of the month, 
But there's a major death in Amazing Spider-Man number 26. And this is the same Amazing Spider-Man run that I was just giving kudos to for their first trade and how much I enjoyed seeing Spider-Man go against Tombstone. Well, guess what? Uh, they went and murdered a major character that doesn't even normally appear in the Spider-Books. And people are mad, calling it racist and misogynist. And it is. It's both of those things. So once the actual issue drops, may maybe I'll feel compelled to say something more. But I did see there's a lot of people out there who still aren't reading the Spider-Books and because of the One More Day stuff and then the Brand New Day stuff. And, you know, the current run with making Peter miserable and them not providing answers and everybody hates Paul. I don't know that much about Paul because I haven't started the second trade yet, but he's with MJ. I don't like him. I didn't like Tony when he's with MJ. MJ belongs to Peter Parker. Okay, no woman belongs to a man. But I'm just saying she belongs with Peter Parker, okay, in my opinion. Also, for those of you who are counting down the days like myself, we are 17 days that's right, 17 days away from Across the Spider-Verse, better known as Spider-Verse 2. I'm super excited. I watched the second trailer. I've not watched the most recent one. I'm not watching any more trailers, but I'm super hyped. Definitely going to have to see it open the weekend no matter what. I cannot wait. It's my favorite Spider-Man film of all time. The first one was, so I'm excited to see what they do with this one. Also, if I sound a little weird, I'm getting over a cold. And I'm at that stage where it's like I still have the dry cough, even though I don't have any other symptoms. So sometimes I'm like, <laughs> and I'm, I'm kind of getting it right now. So this episode is sponsored by water. Also, make sure you're checking out fellow podcast. We should do this again sometime with Kat and Mark. Uh, they've been dropping content regularly. They're in season, God, is this four or five? They're, they're dropping content weekly on Fridays. The Shredhead Podcast just had another pod drop. Uh, actually, actually, I'm not going to let cat cat out of the bag, but I, I I I really love the Shredhead Pod, and maybe I'll get to show y'all how much I love the Shredhead Pod. And also, shout out to the How Woodson and Bussall Show. They dropped an episode before the NFL Draft or probably after NFL Draft, and talk some playoffs and NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs. All that stuff that you sports people care about. Also, shout out to Pat McAfee for getting a bag. My God. My God. Hey, ESPN, if you want a show to follow the Pat McAfee show, my email is bhypheen at gmail.com. I can keep it nice and friendly. I, I can keep the budget low. I, I literally just need a camera and this microphone. I'll need multiple cameras because you have to switch it up for TV. But... Holler at your boy, boy. I will take your money, money. <laughs> easily. Very easily. So, there's a couple things I want to get to, but the first thing I want to talk about is I, I'm revisiting The Divine Feminine, which was Mac Miller's second to last album. Technically, third to last album, if you include Circles, which came out after he passed away. But it came out right before, it came out before Swimming. And... Mark Robb has made comments that this was, uh, even on the Mac Miller episode, if you go back, it's in the 80s of the archives. He's even said how he felt like The Divine Feminine was his favorite Mac Miller project. And I listened to it when I, I literally condensed. I started from watching movies, and then I went all the way through circles. 
So I was I was on quite the ride, and it was my first time really listening to Mac since he passed away. And I, I'm, I probably snuck Faces in there in that process. I can't remember for what listening to Faces separately, which I love Faces. I, I've said that before on the pod, but you know, just going on that ride of that whole discography and knowing how his life ended, it really it was really depressing. I enjoyed the music. Because I enjoyed Mac, and I, I am a fan of his music. But going on that whole ride as a whole was just very emotionally draining. So I don't think I appreciated the Divine Feminine as much as I am now. Because this album is pretty incredible. Like, I keep seeing... I, I follow a couple of Mac Miller accounts, and so Instagram will recommend me other um, Mac Miller stuff. So I'll keep seeing reels of just Mac rapping um, congratulations live and stuff like that. And if I could spell. And I I just got really obsessed with that piano loop that he used. So that was what made me initially go back and re-listen to it. I kind of remembered congratulations, but it didn't have such an effect on me as it does now. So... I was like, I gotta listen to this song. Like, and so I pulled it up on Spotify and I played it. And I was like, damn, it's the, the very first song on the album. So let me just go ahead and run this whole thing again. And of course, I, I love Dang. I love Dang from the first time I heard it. But I'm up to my favorite part. And this whole album is nuts. Musically, there's nothing. I enjoyed Swimming. I think Swimming's a really good album, and I like Circles, but again, Mac wasn't here to finish it, so you take that with a grain of salt. But this album musically is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And I'm actually looking at the track list, and I don't see a lot of uh, Mac Miller production. I, I just see writing credits. Matter of fact, I don't I don't really see... And... and uh, I really don't see, yeah, like he, there's no production credits for Mac on here. Now that's not to say that Mac didn't spruce some things up. And of course he, he probably was involved in the sequence. He did the sequencing and how he wanted to sound and added these extra layers. So, but he was really just an artist here and the journey it takes you on. It's quite, quite amazing, man. So I'm just going to read you the background. So Miller began working on Divine Feminine directly after completing his previous studio studio album, Good AM. Wanting to explore the emotion of love, he initially intended that Divine and Feminine be an EP, changed it to a full-length album to allow himself to be more vulnerable. According to Miller, the album was not just about romantic love, but also about learning from women throughout his life and what those experiences meant to him. In May 2018, singer Ariana Grande, Miller's girlfriend at the time, did not acclaim the entire was about the entire album was about him about her, but said the track Cinderella was. So that's what's so cool about Divine Feminine, because when I'm li listening to it as a whole of the entire run of the back half of Max's discography, it was kind of difficult to digest because I I'm just so focused on hearing the lyrics and enjoying the beats that I'm not really soaking in the whole project, so to speak, like I should have. And listening to it by itself 
you're damn right explores love i mean obviously ariana's vo- uh, vocals are in the intro and you know an album by mac miller and all this stuff and people were saying the whole album's about her, her. um congratulations is about the girl he was with around the good AM era, I believe, if I'm not wrong. I can't remember what her name is. I see it all the time in the comments because people assume um, it's about Ariana because the Mac accounts, Mac Miller accounts will post stuff with photos of him and Ariana and have congratulations playing. So while that works in a sense of it being love that did not work out, it's not even about her. But then just, just the themes and the musicality featured throughout the whole thing it just, again, goes to show how much of a genius Mac was. Because not only was he doing his own production, he was doing jazz stuff under a different name. He was doing mixtapes. Mac was a studio rat. And the only thing next to being a studio rat that he loved more was probably the drugs, to be honest. And it, it just really shows how much of a craft, uh, how much he was trying to earn trying to hone his craft there it is and then how much the results just were beautiful and my my favorite song on here like i said i'm i'm kind of stuck on correct congratulations but one cinderella cinderella is eight minutes long and it doesn't feel long enough like i look down at my spotify because i have the car mode on and i can kind of see um where the progress is in the song and it was halfway through and I was like, I was like, dang, this song's been on for a minute, but I can't get enough of it. And every feature on this album just feels so perfect and calculated and I love it. I actually do really enjoy God is Fair, Sexy, Nasty, which features Kendrick on it. Um, that I'm about to get to, like, literally I finished We and like, and now I'm on my favorite part, which again... Kudos to Mac because he had his girlfriend and Ariana Grande on his album. And the first two thirds of the song, you don't even hear her. It's just Mac and that hook and his singing. And it just sets you on such this nice little ride. And it's like a, it's a nice poppy, yet his vocals are so raw and not perfect that it just gives us very real vibe of being in love and then when ariana comes on of course ariana's killing it and so kudos to him for doing that there's just so many parts like i i don't mess with CeeLo green anymore because the whole drugging of the girl thing but i mean we is very good and even on the CeeLo song CeeLo didn't come in until so much later on the song he wasn't a, a huge part of the whole thing like todd dollar sign is pretty much all over cinderella but the rest of it, like when he has these features, aside from Anderson Pack on Dang, it it's really focused on him being as vulnerable as possible. And if you listen to the lyrics, like he's really exploring some stuff that not a lot of rappers like to do. Cause here here's the thing: most rappers get on and they're just, just I'm gonna spit about how dope I am and blah 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 blah, and you know, drug culture if you're into that kind of music. Or whatever, we're gonna party and you know, and I'm gonna try. I'm trying to make the catchiest song possible. It's really hard for rappers to be vulnerable and to see that Mac actually had mastered that 
And I listened to this album when it came out. I definitely ran it not long after it came out. And now just kind of like, that was good. But again, I wasn't in the same place then that I was, that I am now. Because it came out in 2016. So you got to think, like Hyphenation was eight months old at the time. I wasn't listening to a whole lot of rap, period, outside of what I really knew and new stuff of notable releases that came out in 2016 off the top of my head. I can't think of one because Damn was 2017, 444 was 2017, and I'm sure there's stuff I'm missing. When when did Pablo come out? Pablo came out in... Pablo might have came out in 16. But I didn't really mess with Pablo like that. But this might be one of the best albums of 2016. If if not just in rap and all of music. But again, this is just me generalizing it. Because I'm really enjoying the fact that I press play on this. And I, I'm, I'm, again... Floored by the musicality that is Mac Miller, man. So, I, I just I just thought I'd gush a little bit. That's a recommendation. That's that's not a full blown, you know, music review like I normally be doing on here, you know. But I just want to give it my best shot and uh, give y'all something. So, so that so that's what I did, man. <laughs> Go listen to the Divine Feminine. Go listen to some Mac, man. <sighs> Damn it, I'm mad that he's not here no more. Ugh. I can give y'all a quick music review, though. I, I have listened to some new music. <sighs> I listened to Boldy James. I don't remember which Alchemist album it was. It wasn't for me. Um, If you're into Boldy James, uh, I'm cool. I'm, I'm happy you enjoy his music. Again, I said a while ago that I wasn't going to get on the pod and trash things because that's not what I was trying to do necessarily I didn't want to I didn't want to be the the person who's on here and it's like spends 25 minutes talking about how I don't like Boldy James and why those projects didn't work for me that that's 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 my opinion and I know that he's pretty popular and he has several mixtapes with Alchemist or albums with the Alchemist and it's just not for me but that that wasn't even my music recommendation but I did listen to that uh, I don't remember what album was, and it, it was cool. That's about all I'm gonna say. It. That's about all I have to say about that. My music um review though, I listened to Currency and Jermaine Dupri's for motivational purposes only, or for motivational use only, whatever it is, because I know it's supposed to be like the playoff of promotional um use only, and Volume One, and I enjoyed it. Uh, not the first time I'm talking about currency on the pod. Me and Mark Rob have done it. I'm pretty sure if it wasn't in a dark matches that me and Mark Rob and Handsome Bane sat down and talked about currency. Currency is a great rapper, an absolutely phenomenal rapper. And I enjoy his music. I've always enjoyed his music since the blog era, pretty much. He, he He's a great rapper. Um, but he's never going to be somebody who surprises me. No matter how good his beats are, I know exactly what I'm getting for a Currency album. And even with Jermaine Dupri on the boards on this one, I got exactly what I expected on a Currency album. I'd say out of 10, I'm willing to give it a six. I think it was a six. I, I, I liked it. I 
Don't see myself playing it ever again. But I liked it. Also, uh, T.I.'s verse was incredible. I don't know how I feel about T.I., though, again, with all his allegations that are out there with him and Tani, along with him just being even more of a general asshole. <laughs> and there's the second cuss word. Even more of a jerk, um, despite having gone to prison twice, three times since he blew up. Because, let's see, he blew up in 2003 with 24, um, 24s. And then I feel like after Urban Legend, he did a little time. Then King came out, which is still my favorite T.I. album to this day. Um, although Paper Trail is really good. Um, and then he did the double album, T.I. versus Tip, which is fine. King came out. Then he got locked up again because he was, that was like the whole thing he was going. That's when he got caught with all the stuff at the BET Awards. Went to prison again. And maybe, maybe I'm just thinking twice because I don't think he's went back since he got out. But yeah, I was impressed with T.I.'s verse. Take, take that as you will. Um, if you're in the T.I., there you go. If you're kind of conflicted like me, there you go. So I, I definitely recommend you at least check it out. Um, it's not, it's not going to hurt anything. Go, go check it out. It's a Currency album, and Currency can wrap his butt off. So um, I can mark. I don't even have it written down. Dang. So the next topic, the meat of the episode. Meat. I don't know why meat sounds so funny. Oh. The meat, that's why. Shout out to the Rasslecast. Anyway. The heart of the matter of episode 210. I rewatched The Good Place. Now, usually when I go back to rewatch a show, and I'm sure everybody does this, I'm, I'm looking for things that, of course I'm there because I love the show enough to want to rewatch it. But then I'm also looking for new things that I didn't catch the last time. And I may have said it on the pod before, but the way The Good Place initially, well, not even initially, when it actually ended and I watched it, because I watched, I'm pretty sure I had live TV then. I watched it, I was just kind of like, okay, that's cool. And it was real cute. But this time around, this is over several months, because I have a problem. See, my problem is, I love to start a show and then I like to leave the show and go start another show. And it's not that I have a problem staying, keeping my attention there. I do my, most of my television watching in the bedroom. In the bedroom. And I have a fire stick back there that gets Wi-Fi. And the Wi-Fi doesn't carry that well to the bedroom. So guess what? Hulu and Peacock, and HBO Max, and Prime, all that stuff that I would watch stuff on, it doesn't work very well back there. So there's plenty of things I've started and gotten frustrated because I can't watch them in the bedroom. And I have to watch them on the TV, which is hardwired, the living room TV, which is hardwired into the modem. But I digress. Um, that's not to say that I probably should have watched Finnish Community a long time ago in like season six and I'm halfway through. I probably should have finished Frasier years ago and I'm somewhere in season seven and I just haven't went back. I should have finished Shit's Creek before it left Netflix and I'm now watching on Hulu. 
Um, so there's that. And I'm only three or four episodes in on Ted Lasso because, again, Apple TV, and I'm watching in the living room. Um, and when I watched it before, I was running it on I – had, I had a way to watch it. Let's just leave it at that. So <laughs> I, I get easily distracted, like Russian Doll Season 2. I did, I did a whole segment on – God, was that episode 99, 98, something like that, about how much I love Russian Doll? I started season two, watched first episode. That's about it. But started a good place a long time ago. And it's a real easy show to binge because it's only half an hour episodes, and which is 22 minutes on Netflix. And the episodes just move so well. And if you don't know The Good Place, the concept is Eleanor Shellstrop gets into heaven. What up, though? Everything is fine. She meets this angel, Michael, who's introducing her to everything in the good place. And everything is fine the first night. Then she wakes up the next day, and all of a sudden, all this crazy stuff, including giant shrimp, are destroying the neighborhood in the good place, which is supposed to be heaven. And so Eleanor freaks out because she pulls aside this philosopher named Chidi Onagoye. That's the only time I'm going to go try it. And she's like, hey, man, you got to help me. Um, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm a terrible person, but I'm in the good place. I don't know what happened. So Chidi agrees that he's going to try to help her become a better person in the good place. And from there, they meet two other residents of the good place, Tahani and also Jason. Sorry, can't remember what his monk name is. That's okay. Uh, Jason is a monk. And then Tahani is essentially this super famous, I don't even know what's Tahani, debutante, celebrity. Let's say, let's say that. But her sister's more famous than her. They're in a good place. And then eventually, while she is trying to teach Eleanor about how to become a better person, uh, it comes out that uh, Jason is not a silent monk who took a vow of silence years ago. He's actually from Jacksonville, Florida, and is your resident Florida dirtbag, like big-time dirtbag. So now there's two people in a good place that don't belong there. Chidi's trying to help them both become good people. On top of that, then, then, bad things keep happening in a good place, and Eleanor feels like it's all her fault. On top of that, Michael told Eleanor and Chidi they were soulmates, so they're supposed to be together in heaven. And she told Tahani and Jason the same thing, that they're supposed to be together. Of course, Tahani didn't understand why she was with a, a, a mute monk. And Chidi couldn't understand why he got stuck with someone like Eleanor who wasn't even supposed to be there. Here's the big twist, y'all. Get to the final episode of season one. Turns out they're in a bad place. <laughs> they all went to hell. <laughs> Seriously, they are, they're all in hell. Michael was actually a demon. And he came up with this new concept to torture humans where he would make them think they're in a good place and then proceed to torture them. Um, it only gets ruined by the time it gets ruined because ultimately Eleanor figures out like, man, it's like we're in hell. And then Jason, or sorry, not Jason, Michael laughs. And then his boss, Sean, who's another demon laughs like, oh, they figured it out, blah, blah, blah. So the plan was we're going to do it one more time to torture the humans, erase their memories and do this whole torture thing over again. 
Yo, 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 it's your boy, the Mark Rob, a.k.a. Sean Matt Love, talking to you about We Should Do This Again Sometime, the podcast where we talk film, pop culture, and everything in between. We Should Do This Again Sometime. We're Kat Chinetti. This is the real through the lens of a new and bold generation. And where I, the Mark Rob, co-host and producer, guides you through a crazy journey of time, sound, and space. We Should Do This Again Sometime, where we talk love, death, sex, we talk talking heads, Johnny Castle being the goat, and we'll be shoot flamethrowers. How cool is that? We should do this again sometime. Check us wherever we listen to your podcast. Rate, review, give us five stars. And if you love us, tell a friend to tell a friend. Love you. Bye. Bitch, I'm telling you the truth. Well, to speed up the process, Michael tried over 800 times to torture the human successfully and failed 800 times. They always figured it out, which they were never supposed to do. And then each time, they were getting better. The humans, which is Eleanor, Chidi, Tahani, and Jason, all who were sent to the bad place initially, they were growing as people, and he couldn't figure out what to do. So ultimately, Michael switches sides, joins team Eleanor and all them, decides we have to figure out a way to get y'all to a good place. I don't want to be a demon anymore. And then from there, that's where the show kind of goes following season two. Hilarious show. My favorite character, it's got to be Kristen Bell, man. Shout out to my man, Thomas DJ. The beautiful one, as he calls her. Kristen Bell. Salute. Uh, she she just got to have the most fun on the show. But there's not a character on here that you don't grow to love. Even even Sean, even Vicky, who are both evil dem- demons. Uh, shout out to Janet. Can't forget Janet. Janet is a not a girl. She's not a robot. She is like literally the internet of The Good Place. And she's like an authentic Janet. So anything you want in The Good Place, she can get for you is the idea. But then she falls in love with Jason and it gets all complicated. She starts learning emotions. So she becomes the, the sixth member of their band. And throughout the course of everything, it's only four seasons. And then you arrive at the finale, which I'm going to go ahead and say it. Everybody dies. But the solution of the show is everybody does get in a good place. They realize that for decades, if not centuries, no one has been getting into a good place because the point system it, the old system wasn't working anymore for all the complications that came with Earth. So Chidi and the gang came up with a new way to test to see whether you get in the good place or the bad place. Okay? And so they fix everything. They actually allow the four humans into heaven and Michael. Then Michael gets tricked into taking over the good place. And so then they got to fix the good, the good place because everybody at the good place kind of hates it. And they get dumber because they've been there forever. So the solution was the thing that makes that humans always know is that humans are going to die. We're going to die. Ultimately, one day there is a finite, finite, is it finite or finite? A finite amount of time that we're here on this blue globe, right? And at any given time, that could be it. That, that's the whole thing about life. You never know when it's your time to go. It could be 24, 90 years old. So, wise man once rapped those words. It was me. It was me, by the way. And 
with that said, humans tend to live their life knowing that ultimately they're going to die. They get into heaven, good place, and they can't die. They're immortal. They're just there forever, and they get everything they want, and everybody that was there from before was ultimately miserable because their life never ended, and they just got everything they wanted, and it was just like too perfect. So Michael came up with the concept to give them the choice to walk it through a gate, which would disperse their spirit and the energy and disperse it back into the universe. And that would look in their afterlife. Now, when I first, when, when I first watched the finale, I was like, like everybody goes through, like Jason goes through what we thought he did, but he had to come back, give Janet a necklace. Then she, uh, Tahani said she's going to go through it. And she decides she wants to be an architect. Then Chidi goes through and Eleanor tries to stop him and his love for Eleanor. Yes. Eleanor and Chidi fall in love. And I'm going to talk about that in a second. Um, it's really beautiful, which I enjoyed it more the second time, but Chidi goes through and then Eleanor goes through and Michael gets sent to earth, becomes a real man. And his name's actually Michael real man. (laughs) And then that's how the show ends. It's kind of like, dang, it's over. And you appreciate it because it's not like they try to drag it out for 10 seasons and do all these other things, all these good place hijinks like once they got to the good place they knew that was the end game so (laughs) i ugly cried through the first three-fourths of the final episode because slowly these characters that we've been with for over 50 episodes they all start deciding to walk through the gate so first it was jason who played the perfect game of Madden with the Jacksonville Jaguars with his dad, Donkey Dog, watching him. And then he goes to make Tahani uh, dinner. Not Tahani, Janet, because he's with Jan- him and Janet fall in love. And that, that's really cute. They don't sell me on it being a beautiful romance, but also Jason's so goofy, it's hard. But you do believe that they're in love. He's like, oh, Janet, I made you dinner. Because Janet can make anything she wants. He's like, I made dinner. And then Janet's like, oh, dip, which is like Jason's way of cursing in the good place because you can't curse in a good place and Jason's like yeah and he, he just knew it was time and Chidi's like how did you know and he's like I, I just felt like this warm calm go over me and it just like just felt like the right time so he so he, he goes throws a big party and Janet walks him to the gate and then supposedly walks through and then Tahani's parents finally get to the good place and they treated her and her sister horribly their entire lives and pitted them against each other and um, her sister Camila was one of the most popular people in the entire world. Like, I guess Beyonce level, like bigger than Beyonce, if there's a bigger level than Beyonce. <clears throat> and their parents finally get to the good place because there's a way to test into the good place now after they fix the system. And the first thing they do is apologize to Tahani and Camila for how they treated them. And then they spend thousands upon thousands of meaningful afternoons together, which is one of like the final wishes that Tahani wanted um, before she was ready to go through her gate. She made a huge list. Shout out to my man, Nick Offerman, who uh, complimented her on making the perfect chair. (laughs) And then she decides she's ready to go through and she's going to, but then she looked at Michael and she's like, I want to do what you do because Michael is an architect. 
He designed the original neighborhood in the bad place. He designed all these different neighborhoods and he's done it for years and years. And so with the new way things are done in the good place, both the bad place architects and the good place architects work together in order to make um, new neighborhoods for everybody and keep everything working the way it should. And Tahani's like, I want to do your job. So Tahani goes and she goes behind the scenes, whatever. And she's literally learning and start to intern to become an architect. And so then Tahani leaves. But what, what broke me though was Chidi and Eleanor. Because the first time through, also shout out to the good place for one interracial couple on uh, national TV. Kudos to y'all. I I felt like it's like okay we're in love we're we're actually soulmates and that was kind of the narrative they pushed the whole time. And watching it play out over four seasons, it's kind of like, are they really in love, though? I don't know if I see it like they say it's there. Maybe it's me. Because the way they find out they're in love, there is a medium place. And I want to say uh, Mindy. Her name is Mindy. And Mindy lives in the medium place, the only person. They escape the good place, the fake good place, and go to Mindy's when they think something's wrong to hide from the bad place people. And Mindy films them, because Mindy's a big cokehead and a pervert, uh, in an intimate moment, and they both say, I love you to each other. And then their memories are erased. No, it didn't even happen the first time. It was one of the many, and the, out of the 800 or so, is that right? I feel like it was like one of the 800 uh, tries when Michael was trying to torture them. This moment happens. Mindy, who never had her memory erased, kept it showed it to Eleanor, gave Eleanor the footage. So Eleanor knew for a long time that her and Chidi were supposed to be together. And ultimately, in every single different version of The Good Place, The Good Place, they found each other, the group found each other, but then Eleanor and Chidi always came together, no matter what. No pun intended. And so by the time we get to the final attempt, which was in order to prove to the judge who's like, ultimately it's her decision about whether or not she wants, um, you know, whether or not people can improve. And uh, because Michael and, and the gang are like, Hey, people can become better. Uh, we don't think this is fair. No one's gotten into the good place for years. We need to fix this. Let's do these four humans, random humans. We'll do another simulation and we'll see what happens with them. So the judge ultimately, So what happens is one of the first four humans, or one, they pick four humans. One of them was a demon in disguise. So they got to get rid of them. And they've already started the experiment. So they're like, eh, I don't know, like a couple weeks in. And they're doing this for a year. So they need someone. They need a hero who is going to step up and become the fourth person so this experiment doesn't fail. Because if they go back and say, we got to start over, the judge can be like, never mind, forget it. Chidi volunteers himself to become the fourth person, which means erasing his memory again in order for him not remember Michael, Jason, Tahani, any of his experiences in any of the good play simulations, and also to forget about Eleanor. And him and Eleanor spend 
one last evening together before Michael erases, erases his mind and brings him in. Back in. And one, it's just absolutely beautiful seeing Chidi and Eleanor together because it, I, I, it might have been because it was broken up over multiple seasons, but seeing them really share those those moments and seeing how much they're into each other and how much they loved each other, it, it really was palpable this time. And that was something that I didn't see, but it was totally there the entire time. So, and it's, it's not like, I'm trying to think of a, a great television couple because everybody's got their favorites, but there's always those sitcom flaws like Niles and Ross and Roz, not Roz, Niles and Daphne, uh, for example. So there's there's some people who are like, oh, Niles and Daphne is a great television couple. And yeah, they are. Niles lusted after her for years before she realized that he was into her and realized that she loved him back. It was a great television moment. But then after that, it's like, OK, now what? You know, the fact that they they had been reset so many times and they had to come back, found their way back to each other every single time. It was just so sweet. And then Eleanor leaves them. Chidi goes off with Michael, gets his mind erased. So the whole, most of the fourth season, Chidi doesn't remember Eleanor like that. Eleanor is posing as the architect of the neighborhood. And because Michael had a nervous breakdown, faked a nervous breakdown, I think he actually had a nervous breakdown before they really started because he was afraid it was going to fail. So Eleanor's posing as the main guy, as as architect. Chidi doesn't know who she is. Once everything is over and they're trying to plan they're they're waiting on the results to see whether or not the four humans they picked approved. Eleanor's like, let's wake Chidi up. We'll wake Chidi up. We'll wake Chidi up. And they they don't get to wake Chidi up as soon as they want to. It's driving her nuts. But then, when the judge realizes that humans can be improved, and the system's flawed, the judge wants to wipe everybody out. Just like, ah, oh, forget about it. We're gonna start completely over. And, of course, Michael and the gang, Eleanor and the gang, are trying to fight against that. And they have to wake Chidi up. So, Michael has to restore 800 versions of Chidi's afterlife self, along with when they went back to Earth. Yes, like the third season, I believe. They go back to Earth and they're alive. <laughs> you really need to watch this show. And put them back into Chidi. And so, you start seeing flashes of Chidi's life as he's coming back up to the moment of them getting woken up. And the moment that sold me, and they had never really shown this throughout the series, but there is like maybe three to five minutes of all these times where Eleanor and Chidi realized they were in love through all these simulations. And Chidi wrote a note the night before Michael erases memory. And there's actually a great quote about soulmates from Michael. Um, too. If just look up the good place, Michael soulmates, and it'll probably come up. Definitely, if you're on TikTok. And one note, the quote was really powerful. But then, Chidi wrote himself a note. He gave it to Janet, and he's like, "Um, when I ask for this back, like we hold this until I ask for it back." She's like, "Yeah." And so Michael brings Chidi back, stands up, puts his glasses on, 
Justice glasses, and he's like, Janet, can you give me that note I gave you? And Janet's like, if you already know what it says, why do you need it? He's like, I'd just like to see it again. So she hands him the note. And he's a philosopher. He's been looking for the answers in his life, his ent- like for answers his entire life. And at the top of it, he wrote, there is no answer. And then he unfolds it. I'm getting, I'm going to Crying Nation. He unfolds it and it says, but the answer is Eleanor. And then, of course, they're reunited. And there's they have, like, Chidi is super confident now. And, you know, there there was a lot more sexual tension than I remember between them. And I, I just absolutely love them as a couple. And I was devastated when Chidi was ready to go through the door. And the fact that he was willing to stay for Eleanor and just be because she wanted him to be there, which she ultimately realized that she was being selfish. And I think the very first book he recommended she read way back in whatever episode it was in season one is the one she finally finished in the finale. And then she quotes it to him about how she's being selfish. And they spend one last night together and she's like, can you leave before I wake up in the morning? And he does. And he leaves her this sexy mailman calendar. Well, just a cheaty calendar. It's really sweet. But the thing, to wrap all this up, the thing I realized about The Good Place and ultimately the thing that I took away from it in this rewatch. Um... Everybody is afraid of their own mortality. Everybody. And I started out this whole segment with it. You you just don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And you want to try to live your life to the fullest extent every day. And I know that it's that's not possible for everybody. It's really hard to live your best life every single day. But <laughs> it's the freaking journey, man, that 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 makes it all worth it. So whether you were, God, how old was Mac? Late 20s like Mac and thought you were just doing some regular old drugs and had fentanyl in it? Whether... Whether um your mom is sitting there ate up with cancer on her bed and then you, you go in the house to see her and she looks at you and says, sorry about your mom, meaning your birth mother. And then you have to look at her and say, she's just one of my moms and then she'd be gone within a month. Or whether you just flew back from New Zealand to be with your dad in what might be his final weeks. You have to try to enjoy the journey, man. (laughs) There's so much good in this world. And I know two episodes ago, I spent a lot of time complaining about guns in schools and, and people not wanting their guns taken away. And I still don't agree with any of that. I think it's all malarkey. 
<laughs> Malarkey. But we only have so many Jeremy Baramies, man. And I suggest that you just you live your life, man. And you enjoy every Jeremy Baramy that you that you get. That went longer than I wanted it to. And Jeremy Baramy, look, it's another good place reference. It, it's essentially how they measure time in a good place. <sighs> Great show. I'm glad I rewatched it. One is upset when Eleanor went though, but probably because she was the last one. And it was it was a nice, cute, funny ending. But Chidi killed me. Chidi killed me. Oh. I'm going to save the comic strip topic because I went so far in on The Good Place, I don't really feel like it would do it justice for me to talk about my love of comic strips. So we'll put a pin in that for four, for a 4.11. I wish for 2.11 unless something else comes up. But, <sighs> man. You've been listening to the Barack Obama Approved World's Greatest Podcast, Hyphen Nation, brought to you by me, Kellen Conley. You can definitely always find Hyphen Nation at hyphenpodcastgroup.com, bringing great podcasts to the people. That's right. I don't know if I'm always going to chant it, but it feels good, so that's what it is. You can also find Hyphen Universe well, you can find hyphenuniverse.com and you'll find hyphenation on there. Or you can find it wherever podcasts are podcasted. Also, hyphen universe, Gizo Pete's got the YouTube channel on the brain. Hyphenation is brought to you by the Mark Rob, T H E M A R C R O B dot WordPress dot com, where my friend Marcus Robinson has written a ton of good stuff that you should go check out. So please do that. <clears throat> if you want to get in touch with the show, here's how you can do so. B-H-Y-P-H-E-N at gmail.com. At B-Hyphen on Twitter, Hyphen Universe on Facebook, and the B-Hyphen on Instagram. If you want to go the Hyphen Podcast Group way, it's hyphenpodcastgroup.com, hyphenpodcastgroup at gmail.com, hyphen pie group on Twitter, hyphen podcast group on Instagram, and hyphen podcast group on Facebook. That's how you do it. That is how you got in touch with me. You may want to get in touch with me because I'm awesome. And you're like, man, we need to give this man money to do this. <laughs> Just saying. Never hurts. Um, or or perhaps, perhaps you can't find hyphenation on one of your favorite podcast listening platforms. It should be on all the it should be on all the why can't I say this? It should be on all the podcast listening platforms. But if it's not, or if there's another hyphen podcast group show that isn't on a platform you like, let me know. Use those means. Say, hey, this isn't on this uh pod thing. Can you figure it out? That'd be great. That would be wonderful. Um Highly encourage any of y'all who's watching this on the YouTube channel, hyphen universe, youtube.com slash at hyphen universe. Uh, like the video, leave a comment, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell, and you never miss any uploads. I greatly appreciate it. Become part of the 209 strong. We're up to 209, thanks to the shorts. Um, I ain't mad at it. So I appreciate all y'all who watch my stuff and, and comment and all of that. So keep it coming. 
And also, you can buy me some sushi. You know how you do that? It's buymeacoffee.com slash be hyphen. And it says sushi because I didn't want to just be coffee. So it says buy me a sushi. And you can you can do a one-time donation or or you can do a monthly contribution too if you're into that. So it's a buy me a coffee slash be hyphen. Simple as that. The power of positivity is real. Get that negativity out of your life. No matter what it may be, no matter what you have to do, you got to do you always, no matter what. And with that said, give people their flowers while they're still here. Tell them how much they mean to you. And with that said, call your mom, call your dad, call your sister, call your brother, call your grandmother, call your grandfather, call your aunt, call your uncle, call your godmother, call your godfather, call your cousin, or reach out to them on Facebook, or text them, or send them a telegram, or email them. Let people know how much they mean to you. Stay in touch, man. I just spent a good 10 minutes getting choked up about the good place because of the people that help make your life, that help shape you. You don't want to leave them out, leave them in the dark. Just make sure they know. Make sure they know how much you mean to them. How much, make sure you know, make sure they know how much they mean to you. That's that's what I meant to say. <sighs> My goodness. Try to have genuine good interactions with people. You never know what the next man or woman or they are, are going through, man. You just don't. And your kind words could save their life or someone else's. You just don't know. So just try to go out in the world and do good, man. That That is my recommendation. Please, please go do that. It's a cool thing. Apologies to John Morant. We're out of time because I don't carry guns. <laughs> I'm John Morant. I'm going to get caught on Instagram live twice with a gun. Oh, God, he's going to shoot me. Just know, guys, if John Morant shoots me, that one, remember the words I said, make every Jeremy Barry me count. <laughs> and then please lock that man up. <laughs> oh, shoot. Only two curse words this time. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. Y'all be all right. We'll talk about comic strips another time, though. I, I got it written right here. Shout out to my Hugo Award-winning friend, Brent Lambert, by the way. I was supposed to do that two episodes ago. So sh shout out to Brent, man. <sighs> Shoot. Appreciate each and every one of y'all. Listen to the sound of my voice. It means so much to me. I love the pod. I love being able to sit down here and talk about the Divine Feminine and then switch and talk about The Good Place for as long as I did. But please go check out The Good Place. It's very, very good. It's on Netflix. It's still on Netflix. Oh, there's another show I, I started and haven't finished, New Girl. It's on Hulu now, so I'm got to go over to Hulu to finish it. Well, I barely started it, so I got a ways to go. That's another one that's on the list. Gotta, I gotta focus. Gotta focus on these projects. But then I finished BMF pretty quickly. BMF was no problem. Finished season, I watched all season two and went back and knocked out season one. Easy peasy. Beautiful cover girl. But I really do appreciate all y'all to listen, man. 
each and every one of y'all. Oh, if you do the Apple Podcast or Spotify thing, give the show five stars, man. Please, that was the other thing I left out. Go, go ahead and do that. And if you want to leave a review, I'll read it on the air, good or bad. I don't care. I don't care. I'm in it for the love of the game, man. The love of the game. I don't think I have anything else I want to say to y'all. So I say all that. Say this. Jeremy Bear Me. Thanks, y'all. This is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained?